Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Family Game Night, your every other week podcast for all things aboard and card game related. I am Jordan Roman, and I shall be your host this evening. The weather is once again started to act up. No friends coming over. Everyone is currently huddled up at home under a blanket with some warm cocoa or whatever it is they do when the weather is down and dreary. Me, I like to look over at my extensive collection of single-player board games and see what fun I can have with me, myself, and I. And this week, I think I would like to take a look at a game that I think has a very zen feel to it. For me, that game is Seikatsu. Not to be mistaken with Seikatsu The Life of Pets, which I'm guessing is a different version of this game that kept popping up, uh, but it is not the one I'm talking about. I am talking, of course, about the one that, when you first see the box, has a very Japanese feel to it. And not just because Seikatsu itself is a Japanese word, or the overall aesthetic feel of all of it, or even because of the kanji. It's rather the look of the box itself. It has this very Zen garden feel to it. It looked like it was going to be a very meditative game. And once I got it and opened it up, I have to admit I was further impressed by one of those old school fold-out boards. I know it's not really old school, but I feel like I don't see those very often anymore. And it was just fun to have that. The game comes with several tile pieces that are very, very nicely made. Your score piece, your score tracker pieces are made of wood, which is a very nice change of pace from the usual, well, I'll admit, usually decent quality cardboard. It's still nice to have something that I know will withhold very well. And the plastic tiles are of a good quality plastic. It doesn't feel cheap. It feels like a very lovingly made game. So I was pretty excited to try this one out. This game came out very recently, only in 2017, and was developed by IDW Games. Now, after looking into them, IDW doesn't have a whole lot of games that I would say are unique IPs, so to speak. A lot of what they do is actually based on other pre-existing properties, like Batman the Animated Series, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and even recently they did one on Korra uh, from the Avatar universe. This game in particular was created by Matt Loomis and Isaac Chevelle, and the art was done by Naturex, I hope I got that right, and Peter Walken. The game, as far as I can tell, seems to have a pretty positive public reception. It tends to average about a 7 or 8 out of 10 on most review sites, and in 2018 it earned the Mensa recommendation, and in 2017 it was nominated by Cardboard Republic for its own awards. Now, the game itself actually, which I found interesting, operates on a 1-3 to three player basis. Most people say that this should be played with three players for the full enjoyment of it. I, however, was limited to me, myself, and I. And while that may sound like three is a company, it was, alas, a very lonely one-player game. But it does still apply to that. Now, what you will do is you will choose a shrine to serve as your side, either 
blue, green, or pink. I opted for pink because the cherry blossom aesthetic of that particular shrine really caught my attention. Now, as I said, there are multiple tiles, most of which have birds and flowers on them. It will be a picture of one of four different birds with one of four different flower types forming a sort of wreath around them. And then there are also four additional koi tiles, which you'll put off to the side, and then the rest of the tiles will go into your tile bag. You'll pick three of them at random, and then on the board there will be three spaces in the center around the pond that have little flowers on them. You will take those three randomly chosen tiles and put them on those specific spaces. From there, you will then draw one random tile from the bag. Now, that tile and the four koi tiles will form your hand. These are what you have to work with. You then have to place any tile in your hand on an adjacent space from the last tile placed, draw another tile, and then repeat until all tiles have been played or there are no more legal moves left to make. Now, obviously, the first turn is going to be an exception to this rule as you just placed three down. So as long as it is adjacent, to one of the three already placed tiles, you are good. Afterwards, it has to be an adjacent space. Now, you gain points through one of two possible means, one of which is calculated in-game, the other is calculated post-game. It is either bird flocks or rows of flowers. The birds on the tiles will be connected to each other whenever you play it, and will count as one point for each one of them in the flock on the turn they are placed. So each conjoined bird will form a flock. Rows of flowers are only at the end of the game, for which you will receive 1, 3, 6, 10, 15, or 21 points, depending on how many flowers are in each row, either 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, or 6, respectively. Now, for solo mode... In the base version, you will only be calculating flowers for your simulated opponents. And then your goal is to beat the scores that they have with flowers alone. If you wish to enhance the difficulty, you may choose to either ignore your own bird flock score, or you may instead choose to take the bird flocks that you do and score them for your opponent instead of yourself, adding on to the score you will inevitably have to beat. So, with all that said, I played this game a couple of times under different difficulty rules. I started off on easy at first, and then I threw the bird flock scoring out the window just to see what it was like on a perfectly even playing board. And I have to say, this game was not designed well for single player. It's so easy. It's so easy. And not even in a way... It didn't feel like it was because I knew what I was doing. It's because the scoring system is so comically unbalanced that without other players there to run interference, you literally control the board. I mean, I could maybe, maybe see hard mode providing some amount of difficulty because you then have to keep track of birds and avoid pairing them together to avoid flocks. But even then... The way the scoring works, it's so balanced. The scales tip so much further down onto the flower row than the flock row. Like, the flocks almost don't mean anything as far as scoring goes. 
they add so little. I'm sure over time, they'll add up. But if you play your tiles right and you just keep track of what rows you have compared to the rows that your opponents will inevitably get, you're bound to be racking, on average, double-digit points per row. I mean, it. you would think that because of the adjacent tile rule, it might be a little bit more difficult. But I found it so easy because of the koi tiles. And that's honestly kind of part of the issue. The koi tiles are so overpowered. They count as... They're basically a wild card. They match whatever you need them to. Even... I mean, for the bird fox, they only count for the turn they're played. But when it comes to calculating the rows of flowers, they count for whatever is the one that helps you the most. So if you only have four, but then there's two... If you only have four flowers in that row, which would give you ten points, if there are two, if the other two tiles are koi, that instantly becomes 21 points for you. And getting 15 to 21 points is not hard. Again, as long as you're careful and plan it out and make sure you don't trap yourself unnecessarily, which I'll admit I did the first time, but still won by a wide margin. I mean, the second time I played, I almost got like 70-something points while my opponents, simulated I'll be, barely racked up 30 because as long as each row is not made of, like as long as you don't have all of the same flowers next to each other, your opponent is unlikely to ever get that many points, averaging maybe three to six per. The most they'll ever get are ones where there's a lot of adjacent koi that happen to work for them. But even then, it won't be nearly enough to add up to what you have. That that was my problem with it. Was It was so tedious to get there, and then the payoff wasn't worth it because all of the points that you gather that will matter are at the end and it doesn't feel like even if you do hard that what you'll get from the bird fox will be enough to really add any amount of tension to it which is where the fun of these games come from is seeing if you can overcome this objective that has been placed in front of you now i want to be clear on one thing i am not saying i think this is a bad game i am sure with multiple players especially the full three this game can truly be something amazing i feel that it's there i really do but when it's just you by yourself it there's no fun to it like to compare it to the last time i did a solo game with sagrada with that one i saw my opponent's points piling up before me so there was a sense of urgency to make sure i got the most i could while offering my simulated opponent the least i could but with this one it just i didn't get that feel for it so it felt so much less satisfying and honestly the bird flock rules as they were written were a little bit confusing so i may not even have gotten that one right i don't know but with just flowers at the medium difficulty, it's still such an easy game. I'd love to have some friends over so I could try this one out with multiple people and get the full Seikatsu experience. But if you're looking for a game that you can just play by yourself on a rainy day, I hate to say it, especially as beautiful as this game looks, it, it really does match the aesthetics of everything I love. I'm a huge Japanese culture fan but I just cannot recommend this game for solo players. It 
does not work by itself. But, at the end of the day, that's just my opinion. For anyone who has played Seikatsu, either solo or with friends, let me know what you guys thought. I would love to hear what it's like with other players, or if anyone else has found that maybe I'm just... Maybe this game is just something I'm just innately good at, and that's why single player is no fun for me. I don't know. Maybe other people have found that enjoyment. I hope other people have found the enjoyment in that. Either way, let me know what you guys think by following me on my social medias. You can find me on Facebook at Family Game Night Podcast, and on Twitter at Family Game Night 2. That's Family Game Night, drop the T, add a 2. And until next time... I will catch you all at the next Family Game Night.